Becoming a Christian is not merely about getting a new start. Becoming a Christian is not merely about getting a new start. It is about that, but so much more. Becoming a Christian is about getting an infinitely better and new life to start with. Because it's life in Christ. Look in your Bibles at Revelation 21 and verse 8. Really Revelation 21, 5. Revelation 21, 5. In Revelation 21.5, John is privileged to see one sitting on the throne, God. And God says something remarkable. He says something marvelous. He says, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. In a very legitimate way of speaking, God made man, sin unmakes man, and only in Christ can men and women be remade. Did you listen to the passage that Justin just read? Did you listen to 2 Corinthians 5.17? Go there Because what I'd really like for us to do is focus all of our attention on this passage this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. And as we look at this passage, there are five considerations I'd like to bring to your attention about people made new. You know, sometimes newer isn't necessarily better. And there are a lot of us who like old things and old ways. But if we're talking about something that is infinitely better as well as newer, that should grab everybody's attention. And that's exactly what God is all about. The God who makes all things new. Revelation 21, 5. As we focus on 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the first consideration I'd like to bring to your attention as we look at this text has to do with this. Consider the focus. Consider the focus. In virtually every Bible version, the first word of 2 Corinthians 5.17 is therefore. Therefore. You might want to draw a line back to verses 14 and 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because Paul in this passage says, you know, the love of of Christ constrains us, compels us. The fact that one died for all, that God left the glory of heaven and came to earth to die for all, says how infinitely better the new life in Jesus really is. 
Consider the focus. And Paul is speaking as a person who was a Jew. Paul is speaking as a person who was a Pharisee. And he would at one point in his life, historically, look down on those who were not Jews and maybe even look down somewhat on those who were not Pharisees. But now the only way he will look at people is to see whether or not they are in Christ or out of Christ. It was a game changer. It was life changing for Paul to be able to come to Jesus and come to think this way. And he is encouraging other Christians like us to think that way too. So there will be a burden for souls when we realize that Jesus came down to seek and save that which is lost. Luke 19 and verse 10. Becoming a Christian is not simply making a nice person better. Becoming a Christian is making a dead person alive. Becoming a Christian is making a sick person well. Becoming a Christian is making a dirty and polluted life clean and pure. And that's what Paul had come to realize. And it's something he wanted to share with everyone. And we should have the same type of thinking and sentiment as the Apostle Paul here. Secondly, look at this passage. It not only gets us to consider focus, it gets us to consider a possibility. If anyone, if anyone, there is no person so good that they don't need to be in Christ. And there is no person so bad so wicked, they cannot get in Christ. On your best day, you and I are not beyond the need for God's grace, are we? And on our worst day, we're not beyond the reach of God's grace. Consider the focus. Therefore, Jesus has come. There was purpose in His coming. And it was so that people could be right with God in Him. Consider the possibility. It's anyone. Anyone. No matter how moral, no matter how immoral, no matter how nice a person, no matter how nice a person. The story is told of an individual who had murdered a member of the Lord's church. The person that committed murder was known throughout the community as a rough individual. And in a fit of rage, he murdered a member of the church. 
people started working with him more. Talking to him about Jesus and the gospel. And he was able, before going to trial, to attend services. And he happened to attend services where the widow of the man he killed worshipped. He responded to the invitation when he heard about how people could be made new in Christ. He realized in his anger how he had taken a life and now he was crying out to the God who judges all of us for forgiveness. And he became a Christian that morning. The widow was one of the first individuals that came up to him. And with tears in her eyes, she said, I know you did what you needed to do this morning. And I would rather have you as my brother, and I know my husband would, than to see you lost. Wouldn't it be great if more people had that kind of spirit toward others? You see, you would think that when men and women are made new, our thinking would certainly be different. It would be impacted. It would be, it would be transformed. Consider the possibility, if anyone. Notice the position, number three. Consider the position. Consider the focus and the word therefore as it goes back to Jesus and what He has done in coming to earth, not just to make nice people better, but to take people who are dead and dead men walking, dead women walking, and make us alive. Consider the possibility for anyone, anyone. That means you and me and anybody and everybody else. Now consider the position. Is in Christ. Do you see that in 2 Corinthians 5.17? Sometimes it is just great to take one verse and only one verse because the verse has such a profound Meaning, in Christ, in the writings of Paul alone, this expression occurs 164 times. Paul cannot get away from that theme, that subject, that position in Christ. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2 and look at verse 10. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 10, Paul refers to the eternal salvation that is found in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.10. Just one of the 164 times it will be mentioned in his writing. Look at Romans 8 and verse 1. 
Salvation is in Christ. Well, to be out of Christ then is to be lost. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. To be out of Christ is to stand condemned. To be in Christ is where there is no condemnation. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians 1, 3. And this trinity of blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. To be in Christ is to be where every spiritual blessing can be enjoyed. Therefore, to be out of Christ is to be outside of the realm where all spiritual blessings can be enjoyed. That little expression in Christ carries with it a tremendous amount of truth to think about. To unpack. To be in Christ has to do, Thomas, with union with Christ personally. Union with Christ personally. And it's an individual type of thing when spoken of this in this way. People are in Christ. Individuals are in Christ or they are not. But the Word of God also uses the expression in Christ in a collective way, having to do with God's people, the body of Christ, the church. Ephesians 1, 21-23. It is how Jesus makes Gentile and Jew one in Him, in His body, in His church. Consider the focus. Paul makes a concluding remark, therefore, pointing back to what he was just saying in verses 14 and 15. And really, if you keep reading the rest of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this will also serve as the basis for his ministry and really what all service to God should be about. That he came here for sinners. And he wants sinners to be right with him. Consider the possibility of anyone, of anyone. Think of the worst person you may have ever known. And they could come to Jesus and be forgiven. Think of the position, consider the position in Christ How can we ever 
thank God, praise God enough for being able to be in Christ. And then notice what the passage says. Fourth, if any man is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. Consider the transformation that takes place. Uh, You might think of it this way. It's like a tadpole becoming a frog. But really it's not. It's more like frogs becoming princes and princesses. A new creation. There's two often used expressions here in our country I'd like for you to think about. When you think about the expression new creation, here's the first one. Rags to riches. Many people are interested, we're intrigued, we're enthralled. We really get into rags to riches stories. The story of anyone becoming a new creation is the greatest of rags to riches stories. Because if you took all of our good deeds and put them together, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Isaiah 64 and verse 6. We still would need Jesus. And as Jesus himself said in Luke 17, 10, after we do all that we can, we are still unprofitable servants. A rags to riches story. Imagine how a person could be as a child an orphan. And they were dirty. In fact, they were filthy and their clothes were rags. The only way they might have gotten food, they might have gotten food, was diving into dumpsters. Or if someone just happened to see them, maybe they would give them something to eat. And then imagine the wealthiest person in the world came along and saw that child. And immediately said, I want you to be my child. And they put on the most beautiful clothes on this person. After they had gotten them all clean. And that person went to live in a a house. And they didn't know what it was like to live in a home because they lived on the street. I suspect any of us would call that a rags-to-riches story that's kind of neat, huh? How much more is our rags-to-riches story in Jesus? The second expression is this one. I got a new lease on life. I got a new lease on life. Wasn't that long ago, our brother Steve Taylor had some cancer 
issues. Remember him and that? How often we prayed for him? And with the Lord's blessing, and I think largely due to prayer, the cancer was dealt with. And Steve was here in this building with a great big old smile on his face. So happy to be here. He had gotten a new lease on life. And while we are excited when something good like that happens in the life of someone who had a potentially devastating and lethal illness, how much happier should we be to talk to others about a Savior who deals with a far greater sickness? One that has eternal consequences. The word new here is the word in Greek, kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S. It's found 42 times in the New Testament. Jeff, Jesus would say, this is the New Testament in my blood. Luke 22, 20. Fresh, remarkable, marvelous. New. It's found twice here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Not just a nice person made better, but a dead person made alive. Now, the Bible is not quiet concerning when this newness of life occurs. Look in your Bible at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. If I could find out from God Himself when new life begins, then I would know that I could have assurance regarding new life myself. And in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, it is at the point of baptism... That a person dies to an old way of life. And notice specifically that the text says that through baptism into Christ, one arises to walk in newness of life. That means nobody, no one, can be made new in Christ without being buried, without being raised to newness of life. That's what it means. So in a world where a lot of people claim to want newness of life, let's let the Bible speak concerning when newness of life occurs. When abundant life is received. John 10.10 You can only get newness of life by responding to the New Testament of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.14 and 15 You can only get life anew 
by being born anew. John 3, 3 through 7. You can only have newness of life through humble, penitent faith in Jesus and being baptized into Him. Now notice what's said finally in 2 Corinthians 5.17. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, consider the relationship. It says, old things are passed away, all things become new. We are not the person that we used to be. One's view of the past changes. I'm not the person in Christ that I used to be, Justin, and you shouldn't be either. None of us should be, though we have our struggles. As it concerns the past, the past is buried and gone and forgiven in Christ. As it concerns the present, new life. A new name, Isaiah 66, 2, Christian. A new hope, the blessed hope of His glorious appearing. Titus 2, 13 and 14. And we also have a future. A future assured. I recall many years ago I did a funeral. And it was a funeral for a very faithful Christian. And when it was all over and I was visiting with some of the family, a little child came up to me and said, Brother Mike, what is heaven like? Little people can ask some great questions, can't they? What is heaven like? And I remember saying then, Heaven will be our new home. Jesus went to prepare that new home for us. John 14, 1 through 3. And I said to that little person, Heaven is the most wonderful place that the wisdom of God can conceive, can think of. God's so wise, isn't He? He's so smart. Heaven is the most wonderful place that the mind of God can conceive. I said that heaven is the most beautiful place that the power of God can prepare. Imagine the immense power of God and remember that Jesus is preparing His people a new home. How beautiful that must be. And I said to that little person, 
It's not just the, the most wonderful place a wise God can, 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 think, can think of and, and the most beautiful place a powerful God can prepare, but it's the most wonderful place a loving God can make ready for his family. Isn't that exactly what we await? If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has been done away, passed away. All things become new. Are you in Christ? Do you have a personal union with Jesus through your faith and trust in Him and His sacrifice and through your baptism into Christ so that you said so long to an old world of sin and you arose to walk in newness of life? And when we think about the new home that we anticipate... It will be better by far than any home we've ever seen here in this world. Better by far. If you need to come to Christ and get into Christ, there will never be a better time than now. Let's stand and sing.